everyone. My name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I am a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, and it is time for the tea. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is a podcast that is intended to encourage wellness. It is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. So we are winding up this month of May. And of course, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we have been featuring episodes this month that deal with mental health and spirituality, mental health in the family, mental health in the workplace. And today, the last episode in our series is on mental health and dating. And this is an important topic, I think, because there's a lot of stigma around mental illness. And people think that if a person has mental illness that they should not be dating. And then we also think that we should not date people with a mental illness. So I want to take some time today to dispel some myths and clarify some information and also just talk about some practical strategies that are useful with dating in general. So it is understandable that people might be a little hesitant to disclose their mental health status simply because people tend to think that when a person has mental illness, that means that they're unstable. And that is simply not the case. But there are some factors that we do want to consider as we're thinking about this dating process. So here's a little bit of information. First, if someone discloses to you that they have a mental illness, do know that that is personal and private information, information that you should not be sharing. That is not your information to share, but also that that requires a person to be very vulnerable and share things, recognizing that someone may view them in a very negative way. And so these kind of mental health issues can affect a person's worth and self-esteem, their value system, And so we want to make sure that when a person discloses something to us, that we're open and we're receptive, that we don't want to ridicule them, make them feel ashamed, reject them, label them, or or judge them in any kind of way when they share that information with us. So here are some things that I want you to be mindful of. A person has a mental illness. They are not a mental illness. We have a lot of different characteristics that comprise who we are. And having a mental illness is just one part of a person, but it is not the totality of their existence. So when we're talking to people, we, want, we don't want to talk to them as if they are simply a mental illness. So here's what we don't say. We don't say a person is crazy. We do not say, oh, no wonder you haven't been dating anyone or you can't keep a relationship because you got a mental illness. We don't attribute everything that happens in their lives to them having a mental illness. Oh, you just want to argue because you crazy, right? So we don't want to be saying those kind of things to people. Did you take your medication today? Uh, Those are very insulting types of things and very dismissive of a person's experience. And in the same way, you would not say to a person that has cancer, Oh, so what you tired today because you got cancer? That's your excuse for everything, right? That just feels really creepy, doesn't it? The same is true for people when they have mental health conditions. So we want to be mindful of how we talk to people. We don't want to, when a person discloses information to us, just dismiss it and pass over it like they didn't say it. Like they just said, oh, pass the bread and we passed the bread and went on, right? So we want to acknowledge that a person has disclosed this information to us. I do want to, to be, uh, us to be mindful that you don't have to pry into a person's life in order to understand their mental health 
uh, condition because uh, sometimes people have significant trauma or things that cause them a lot of shame and embarrassment. And we often ask questions simply because we're being nosy, not because we need that information to make an informed decision. So allow the person to share in the way that's comfortable for them. Do not pry, do not ask for unnecessary details. And it is important for you to be able to have information about how this person functions with, the, with their mental health conditions. And so you do wanna get some information, but you wanna be mindful of why am I asking this question? Is this really important to me determining if this person is a good fit for me. I also want you to be very aware that if in any point in your mind you are thinking, well, I can save or rescue this person, please don't, because that is not the way we want to handle a mental health condition, right? So we want to be clear that a person has a treatment provider, maybe on medication, uh, maybe doing a variety of things for their self-care and their wellness. We want to make sure that they are far along in their treatment process and that they're doing well in their treatment. Those are some of the characteristics of things that we want people to, to have in order for us to decide if we're going to be able to date them. So what are some other things to keep in mind? Mental health can affect a person in a lot of different ways. And just like any other aspect of us, like if we have a physical health condition, it can affect the relationship. So I do not want to underscore that sometimes, and it depends on where people are in terms of their mental illness, some people have very mild symptoms and they don't have a lot of symptomology that they deal with. They're able to, to manage it fairly well without people even knowing. But then there are people that have more moderate to severe symptoms. And we also have people that have persistent and chronic mental illness. And so these are things that are going to be a part of their life forever, as opposed to transitional types of things that may happen during periods of high stress or periods of loss and transition. So it's important to understand the person's illness and how it affects them and where they are in their treatment journey. Now, I do want to be clear with you that uh, you cannot force anyone to go to treatment. You cannot force anyone to get on medication. You are not responsible for a person's choice in terms of how they want to manage their mental health. So you do not need to put yourself in that position as you're thinking about dating. And oftentimes we feel like we're responsible for this person because we see them as vulnerable. And I do not want you to put yourself in a position where you feel responsible for someone else's health. You have no control over them. You cannot fix it. You cannot make it be what it is not. So you need to be clear with yourself going into a relationship about what your own personal boundaries are. Managing a mental health condition can be an ongoing process and there are going to be some difficult days, right? So we need to understand that, hey, when a person says not today, it is not because they don't want to be bothered with us. It is not because they see us as uh, inadequate um, and, and are, are um, dismissing us, but simply they are choosing to take care of themselves in that day, in that space. And so you want to make sure that you're able to handle not being able to constantly have access to a person, which you shouldn't, whether they have a mental health disorder or not, um, so that they are able to take the time to take care of themselves in the way that they so choose. Um, so acceptance, right? Acceptance is a huge part of dating someone that has a mental health condition, but acceptance is again, a part of just dating in general. So you'll see that a lot of these things can apply to any type of relationship. There are just some things to keep consider and, and uh, some things to take into consideration when dating someone that may have side effects as they're taking their medication or um, if they're unable to access their provider and they have withdrawal effects, right? So these are some of the things that are understanding the course of the illness, how medication affects them are important because these factors can add a different element to the relationship. 
So typically what's important when dating someone that has a mental health disorder is you want to have some routines. They need to have routines and you need to have routines. Both of you need good rest. Both of you need good self-care, exercise, vacations, downtime, being again able to take some time away from each other that you don't need to be uh, under this person all the time and watching them and making sure that they're okay. They are able to function uh, without you being there constantly. Open communication, and that is them being able to communicate their needs as well as you being able to communicate your needs. So you have expectations going into a relationship too. And whenever we're negotiating the boundaries of relationships, we want to make sure that our expectations are in alignment with each other. And often what ends up happening is we make assumptions. We make assumptions about what this person can offer us, and we make assumptions about what this person needs from us. We don't want to make assumptions. We want to have open, direct, honest communication. And people often ask me, at what point do I disclose information about my mental health? At what point do I start talking about the relationship dynamics? And I encourage people, the dating process looks different for different people. Some people like to take a 30, 60, 90 day approach. Some people like to take a couple of weeks. But I do encourage you to think about if you're jumping into things quickly, if you have a pattern of right so we go into these relationships and in our mind we have these fantasies of what these relationships are going to be so after the first date uh, I'm like well let's move in together then I would say that is probably a wee bit quick and so what we want to do is be mindful about a healthy relationship progression and so it may be very important for you to talk to a therapist about hey what what is a good balance for me in terms of dating now two people being on the same page we both know we want a long-term relationship we're going into this dating to get to know each other better to see if we would be a good fit that is a healthy model um, but if you are expecting that you're gonna be in a long-term relationship and this person is expecting that they're gonna be dating multiple people you can see how that communication would be very important so that you don't end up trying to uh, which you can't anyway but we think that we can trying to make someone be where they're not right so you want to make sure those goals align you can't drag anyone along to your goals you can't make anybody love you you can't make anybody want to be in a committed relationship with you i don't care what kind of things that you do if that's not the place that they're in that's not the place that they're in we want to make sure that we have compassion for people that people are in a position where they're functioning at their best level and that includes you right so we don't want to go into a relationship thinking okay well this person has a diagnosable mental illness because I, I want you to be aware that a lot of people are dealing with mental health concerns and they don't have a diagnosis but that doesn't mean they're not struggling with symptomology so you could be going into a relationship not having seen a provider and have several things that could be symptoms of a mental health disorder so don't just go thinking you have a one-up on this person because they actually have received a diagnosis and they're in treatment right all of us could stand to work on ourselves so making sure we're both in our optimal places of functioning before we get in this relationship that we're compassionate and understanding with each other about what we may experience as a result of symptoms that we may have from particular uh, mental health disorders and what what is normal for us what is my normal level what is my uh, process of change that I engage in right because we go into these relationships and there may be some things that we need to address. None of us are perfect. So we're going into a relationship and there may be some things that, hey, you know what? I want to improve on that. I get some feedback that I want to improve in this area. What does my change process look like? Some of us think that, okay, within 48 hours, you ought to be a different person. That's not realistic. That's not how change occurs. So we have to be mindful of what change would look like and how we can advocate for a person to be successful as they're working through the change process. We also need to understand the effects 
of the illness, not only on the person that has the illness, but understanding the effects on the partner. And so sometimes we often forget as we're in these dating relationships, what it is like for a partner to be dealing with someone who has more uh, moderate to severe symptoms. And so there may be hospitalizations, um, there may be problems with um, medication management. We know that sometimes when people have been on medication for a while, it stops being as effective. And so then we're having to have medication changes. How does that affect the partner? What are some ways that they have to adjust, right? So we wanna be mindful of all of that and have compassion for both people in this relationship dynamic. It is absolutely important to have a support system for the person with the diagnosis as well as the person who is in the relationship with them. And, and we shouldn't have some overlap in that support. Who is your support people? So if something happens, who can I help you reach out to and connect with? Who are your treatment providers? Um, what kind of spirituality support do we have? What kind of family support do we have? Um, you know, and again, if I need to contact, um, and, and we do know that there's HIPAA and you cannot violate someone's uh, rights. However, if I need to dial that number for you so that you can talk to your provider, I need to know who that provider is, right? So that's some of the information that would be helpful. And understanding boundaries. What are your self-care boundaries? Uh, what, are, what are your partner's self-care boundaries? Addressing guilt, right? And feeling the responsibility, which I alluded to, you cannot take care of a person, you can't save them. Um, and so oftentimes we feel guilty because a person is struggling. We love people and we don't want them to be having a hard time, especially when they're in the depths of their, their illness. And we know depression can be very debilitating for people when it's moderate to severe. And so it's tough to see your loved one just not being able to have that energy to get up and move or to see your loved one having a manic episode um, and, and just ideas are flowing and they're just so acting out of character for who they are. They're being impulsive. They're doing things that may be hurtful to you or to see somebody have a psychotic break. Like that's really tough. Um, and so sometimes we don't understand how to manage those things. So it's important that we have boundaries around that. Um, when do I need to say, okay, this is beyond what I can manage and let me make sure you get where you need to go until you can get stabilized, right? So being able to understand uh, where the limits of my skill set stop. Um, no one person carries the relationship, so not you person that may not have a diagnosable mental illness and not the other person that does, right? So we're in this partnership, and so both of us kind of carry the load. We share that. Uh, and again, as a, as a constant reminder, you cannot fix anyone, and so please do not go into any relationship with that as a goal. Um, and don't develop it as a goal later on in the relationship. So what happens when you are the person with the mental health disorder and you're thinking to yourself about, do I want to date? Am I ready to date? Here are some, I think some challenges that people can sometimes experience when they have uh, mental illness. One medication management can be very tough. Uh, medications can have side effects. And sometimes those side effects can affect a person sexually. Sometimes they can affect your energy level, weight gain. Um, sometimes they can affect your gait, right? So we're talking about the, the kind of heavier hitting medications that people can be on. And so that may mean I'm not able to really hold a job. Maybe I'm on disability um, or, or maybe I'm trying to manage all these other health conditions that the medications are causing. And so I am kind of trying to figure out if I'm in a position to date. Like we know dating uh, can cost money. There are a lot of things that you can do for free, but there are also things that require some pay. So, you know, thinking about, do I have a budget to be able to date someone? And then sometimes when people find out that you have 
a mental illness, then people can reject you. Eh, you're a little too much for me. I don't know if I can handle all of that. So then you have this cycle of breakups um, or you dated people that are unhealthy uh, and, and, and are causing, have caused problems in your life. So that makes you want to retreat. Ooh, do I really want to date? Because that can increase the symptoms of your mental illness um, and, and affect your motivation to date. And then, hey, if I'm having these sexual side effects, then that affects my desires, my partner going to be able to manage that I'm having these sexual side effects. How do I even talk to someone about that? That um, is, is very personal information, can be very embarrassing to people. Um, then if we have anxiety or trauma, then we can be very vigilant. And so there may be some things that we do that people may find odd. Like, why are you checking those locks so many times? Why do you always have to sit facing the exit? Why are you always scanning the room? Um, why are you sleeping with, with uh, a weapon under your pillow? And so, you know, sometimes people are just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this because it just, it, it, it's different to me. I haven't dated anybody that's had these kind of things, or maybe you're sensitive to touch and you're startled very easily. And so people often feel like they're just too much to manage. Like nobody's going to want to deal with that. Um, nightmares can affect you flashbacks. And so having to explain to people why you're waking up out of your sleep and you might, um, be very panicked. You might be screaming out or talking in your sleep or why you got frozen when you walked into this particular place. All right. So that's a lot for people to try to navigate, but that does not mean that you cannot date. What I definitely would encourage is you talk to your therapist about your dating plan. How am I going to manage the finances if I am on a fixed income? How am I going to manage these medication side effects? How am I going to deal with these issues of worth and shame I have around having a diagnosis and feeling like I'm unlovable. Um, being able to understand that I have an identity outside of my mental illness and that I have worth and that I have value and I have a lot of things that I can add uh, as a partner and I have strengths that, that I can utilize and focus on in this dating relationship. And then, you know, maybe I need to make sure that I am in a good place to date because again, we want to be stable in our treatment process and so making sure that I'm in that place. And when you have a dating plan, then you can also talk about timelines for things. Hey, if I tend to move too slow. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm, people call me and I'm calling them two months later, uh, or if I'm moving too quickly. So I'm again, ready to move you in after the first date, right? So I can address those things in therapy as well. Addressing that negative self-talk is really, really important because when we go into dynamics of dating and we don't have a good self-worth, then we tend to put up with a lot of things that are unhealthy. We tend to date people that are not a good fit for us and we tend to stay way longer in relationships than is healthy for us. So you wanna make sure that you're addressing your self-talk, that you have really good boundaries about what you will accept and not accept, what are deal breakers. And again, this is true for any type of dating relationship is what are the things that are going to be tolerable for me and what are some things that are a no-go. So I'm not going to be, um, you know, verbally abused, sexually abused, physically abused, financially abused. Right? So those are things that are off the table. We want to make sure that we don't just date due to loneliness, because oftentimes when we go into relationships and we're lonely, I uh, liken it to going into the grocery store hungry. So you're just picking up all kinds of stuff off the shelf, no matter what it is. You might be allergic to it. It may cause your sugar to spike. Uh, it may cause your stomach to be upset, but because I'm hungry, I'm not being aware of what's in this item that I'm picking up. And so that's what can happen sometimes to us in dating when we go into relationships and we have these holes 
um, this vulnerability that we have because we're trying to get someone to fill this space and make us feel whole again is that I'm not looking at your ingredients. And so you are not a good fit for me and you are going to make me sick, um, literally. And so I need to be mindful that I'm not entering in relationships to feel some type of need. We want to make sure that we have healthy communication skills, right? So I need to be able to articulate information about my illness, about my course of treatment, about my symptomology. Um, but I also want to be able to share um, with a person how to give me support and, and how not to overstep and making sure that they're using appropriate language when they're talking to me and understanding. Because when we don't understand, again, we will equate everything that you're experiencing to this mental health disorder when that's simply not the case. I can be anxious and have heart palpitations that are not related to my anxiety, right? So we don't want to just kind of blanketly generalize everything is a result of these symptoms of your illness. So I need to be able to talk about that. I need to be able to work through conflict in healthy ways. And I need to be able to recognize when I'm not okay and make sure that I have the resources that I need in order for me to get back to a place where I'm doing well. Right, because relationships are a part of social wellness. So anytime we're dating, these relationships should make us well. They shouldn't make us unwell. So if you are leaving a relationship and you feel drained, you are leaving a relationship and you feel inadequate and less than and beat down, that is not a good social wellness type of relationship for you. And I would definitely encourage you to think about how you want to transition out of that relationship, have your good exit strategy. Make sure that you are honest with yourself. Um, find a pace of dating that's healthy and comfortable for you. Accept all the emotions that come with dating, right? Because dating can be a bit of a roller coaster. You're all excited when you meet a person, but then maybe they're not responding to you in the way that you wanted. And maybe it's not progressing as fast as you want. And there's some dynamics that came up. And, and so it can be on a whirlwind uh, when you're first getting to know a person and understanding who they are. So that can be tough on a person. So we need to be able to process through those and recognize that sometimes there are just things that have been miscommunicated or not understood. They're not necessarily deal breakers, but we need to work through them. We need to talk through them, right? You need to recognize your limitations, what you can handle, not handle. There are different types of ways that people date, right? So I might want to just be dating to get to know people, dating to get more, be more comfortable dating. I may not be dating for a long-term committed relationship. And so I need to understand that going in about where I am and establish pre-date routines, right? So if you get the jitters and you're anxious and you're nervous, so do do some routines to help soothe and, 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 and uh, calm yourself down. Also managing those expectations. So we're not after this first date and I'm like, yes, this is gonna be my soulmate. We're gonna be married. Okay, so calm down, right? <laughs> so we wanna have realistic expectations. I am in the getting to know you process of dating and of course the first date usually feels really good but that is just a first date we want to have more than one date um, and again i encourage you know let's you know 30 60 90 days let's kind of do some evaluations let's at least make it through a quarter uh but before um i'm i'm already ready to to be married and again we don't want to if we have that pattern of rushing we don't want to be rushing something because that is when we often miss signs that something is not a good fit for us so taking that time and that's when that therapist can be really helpful stay in the present moment that's a good strategy as well so let me just enjoy the right now let me not think so much about the future and and the kids uh let me just be in this present moment and enjoy 
the, what we're eating or, or the bowling or the, the, the carnival or whatever we're doing to get to know each other. Let me enjoy that space. And most importantly, have fun. Dating is supposed to be fun. I know that it can be stressful, but that should not be the whole experience, right? You're getting an opportunity to let someone get to know you and you're getting an opportunity to get to know someone else. And that's a, that's a fun thing. So enjoy yourself in that. So yes, you can date as a person that has a mental health um, condition. You can date a person who does have a mental illness. What's really important is that you're honest with yourself about what you need. You pick a partner that can be healthy and who can engage in a reciprocal relationship, right? So we don't want these one-sided relationships. You have to have that healthy communication and more, most importantly, set good boundaries with your partner as well as with your self-care. Okay, you guys be well.